0: Uh, Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, we come to church, we hope the pastor will give a, a bright, uplifting sermon, something that we'll feel good about at the end of the day. We can smile all the way through and then go happily on our way. Maybe that's kind of what we're looking for. But the truth of the matter is that we're gonna have some problems in this world. And in fact, if we could just be happy, why would we need Jesus? If everything was just kind of clicking into place, if everything was just rolling along real smoothly, how would we ever know we need a savior? Why would we ever fall on our knees and pray? Why would we ever call out to God to hear us and to help us? But no, in this world we have trouble, don't we? We all have our own stories, but I think back in a time perhaps when was the first event in world history where you came to realize not everything was good? You kind of think of that first time? For for me, myself, I was still pretty young during the Vietnam War, and I I know there was a a lot of news broadcast during that time about the Vietnam War, but I just was kind of such a a little kid, and none of that really connected with me that much. For, for me, it, it was the Olympic Games in Munich, Germany, when terrorists uh, took over for that amount of time. That's probably the first event in history where I remember being involved with the news when, when I, as a little boy, came to understand the world is not always good. Things are not always working as they're supposed to. I don't know what particular memory comes to mind as I'm speaking for you this morning, but wait, we all have memories like those, don't we? Especially in that year, 2001, when the World Trade Center was destroyed by something that will live in our nation's memory. When we woke up one morning, when you were going around, you can recall listening to, to your radio or watching your uh, television. My, my first thought was that they were just advertising for some new movie. Right know that there, there would be Arnold Schwarzenegger and he'd be fighting against the terrorists, you know, because they're going to take down the... World Trade Center. I thought it was just, you know, some kind of movie. But then as as I went into a nursing home where I was visiting, it was playing on all of the televisions and and you could see the towers falling over and over, we came to realize that God's plan is not always fulfilled. God's will is not always carried out. That's really what sin is, right? When people do something not according to God's plan, that is simply sin. Oh yes, yeah, so some sins are a greater in magnitude than others. Some sins have, have greater impact on the world as we know it, but that is all sin really is. I didn't do it God's way. I didn't follow God's plan. That is sin. I shared with you before on that particular day, the head of the Salvation Army was down in Australia. Uh, He he was giving a a speech, and there were some people in the crowd, and they they began to heckle him. They began to call out, you know, if God God is so good, you know, how could something like this happen? If God is so great, how could the the towers have fallen? If God was in control, he must really hate New York City. And the head of the Salvation Army at the the time, he had great insight and he pointed at that person. He said, sir, is God in control of you? And of course, the man being an atheist, he called, oh, no, of course not. I don't even believe in God. He's certainly not in control of me. And then he responded and he said, well, if God's not in control of you, why do you think that he would be in control of terrorists who attacked New York City? why would that would that even follow? And we, we kind of know that the truth of the matter is that you know Jesus Himself said, "Hey, there's many and uh, there's few. There's many who follow the broad path to destruction. There's few who climb the narrow road that leads to life. There's many who go through the broad door of sin. There's only a few who go through the narrow door that leads." to salvation, and, and we talked, you know, just the other day about what, what, what does that mean, that the many and, and the few, well, the, the few is at least less than 50%, right? Otherwise, he would have said there's equal. You know, half the people are, are going to hell, half the people are going to heaven, but no, Jesus said there, there's many and there's few. That means that as you're going about your daily life and you walk into any room, Right, a room of ten people. Okay, three or four of those people maybe are Christians. Three or four of those people are maybe going to heaven. Three or four of those ten people are doing what God wants them to do. And of course, the other side, right? Six or seven of any ten people you meet are not doing God's. Prayer. Six or seven of those people are not doing what God wants them to do. Six or seven of those people are not part of God's plan. See? Yes, in this world we have trouble. And I wanna be able to share that with you this morning so that you know we understand one of the foundational pillars of our existence. Six or seven times out of 10, the opposite of God's will is being done. Only three or four of the people out there are doing what God wants them to do. Oh man, it's depressing. But see, dear friends, if we don't understand that pillar, that foundation, there's no way that we can really go and help people in the midst of deep sorrow and deep pain, right? Uh, What do we have to say? I know each of us has a a story, don't we? For each one of us, there's been a, a time when we went through terrible Circumstances. For each one of us, there have been times when things just didn't work and it hurt. And we felt it. When I was a young man, I 18 years old, just graduated from high school, I was able to take a trip out to California with my best friend. And at that time, I got to visit with my Aunt Maria and her husband, Pete. And they just kind of started a, a family. They had two little boys at home. My uncle Pete had a, a concrete business, and you know he he had a a, a perfect Chevy Nova from that year. You now I, I can I can remember his car. I know it's in perfect condition, and they had a, a pretty nice house. And as I said, they lived in California, and so it, it, it probably was you know pretty expensive compared to other you know decent houses around them. United States. But I can still remember sitting there with them and the, the, the happiness and, and the, the joy and, and their two precious little boys. And it, it just seemed like, yeah, you know, there, there's my, my aunt and my uncle, and, and they have a nice life. You know, even though working the, the concrete business every day, it's, it's probably not a lot of fun. Right, it's probably a lot of hard work, but still, uh, there was a, a, a sense of joy there. And a few years later, I, I was in the United States Navy, and you know, I, I was uh, separated from from family, and I hadn't been in, in touch with a lot of a lot of folks. And I, I received news that uh, it it really seems that that my aunt Maria committed suicide. She was having some some problems with with alcohol and some problems with drugs and that she probably took her own life. Now, at at that time, um, you know, she had had twin girls and they were only about a year old. And my uncle Pete, with his business, he didn't really know how he was gonna raise, you know, Twin girls and work full time like he needed to, and, and so the, those girls were put up for adoption. They they went to Colorado, and I, again the, the years kind of went by, and you know you kind of follow family members, but the the husband and wife couple that adopted those twin girls they, they got a divorce, they split. And my Uncle Pete, he, he never remarried, and you know, he kind of started to maybe go down some of the wrong paths of life as well. And, and there was a, a day that he was at a, a bar that he probably shouldn't have been at, and, and he was uh, drinking with his son. A member of the Hells Angels motorcycle gang came into that bar and shot him and killed him right in front of his boy. And now my cousin, he felt like the the police at that time, they they weren't really doing enough to uh, solve the case. And, you know, they weren't out there, um, you know, getting the person that that murdered his dad. And so he he thought he was going to go undercover kind of in a sense on his own uh, to, to find the person that murdered his dad. And he wound up dead as well. You see, dear friends, I know that each of us has probably a a similar story, a a time of great tragedy uh, within each of our families. We, We know someone that has been through terrible circumstances in their own personal life. Oh, what so often happens in the Christian community is then that the the pastor comes into the midst of some kind of tragedy like that and 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 he says, "Oh, you know, God is in control, right other denominations we, we know they they teach that, don't they? okay, you've just been through a, a terrible tragedy, right something horrible has happened in your family, and then you know a well-meaning Christian comes by and says, Hey, you know God's in control. I know He's got a plan. You say what? You know, if, if somehow it's part of God's plan that my aunt committed suicide, I I don't know if I want to talk to you. that. It you was know? somehow part of God's uh, plan that you know the little orphan girls go to a, a family where the, the husband and wife split up, and and you know there, there's uh, difficulties. I I don't I don't really want to hear about that, do I? See, oh, uh, do you know, just trust in the Lord. Right, sometimes we hear that just, you know, we don't know what to say perhaps, and so, oh, you know, just, you know, trust in the Lord, just, you know, just trust him. And again, my faith is kind of shaken at that point maybe, isn't it? I'm experiencing real pain. I'm having a lot of turmoil in my life. I don't know how something like this could have happened in my own family. I'm upset. And now you're just saying, oh, oh hey, you know, just you know, trust, trust the Lord. No, and it, it hurts us even more, doesn't it? Because sometimes we're taught, if I just am doing things right, you know, if, if my prayer life is squared away, no, if I'm going to to church like I'm supposed to and I'm contributing my offerings and my my money and my time and and my talent, you know God should be looking out for me. God should be looking out for my family. What is going on? well in our, in our text for the this morning that that's how it started, right. No, the Bible tells us through Jesus all things were made. We went through day by day the detail of God's creation. Everything that God made fit together perfectly. Everything that He did was very good. A mist went up in the garden and to water all of the plants. Adam and Eve, they could just kind of sit around and eat the fruit and eat the vegetables. There, There was no death in the world. There wasn't even death. And then came sin. Right? That is the opposite of God's plan. God had planned that everything he made was good. It would continue to be good. Adam and Eve would be able to enjoy that bounty, that goodness, but now sin entered the picture. And by sin came death. The world got messed up. You and I now experience terrible tragedies. Right, a terrorists can take over the, the Olympic games. And terrorists can destroy towers in, in New York City. And evil people can come into your lives and they can hurt your relatives, your friends and neighbors. And what word can we bring? Even the apostles suffered, right? Even the early Christians had to endure martyrdom. Even the the people who had known Jesus Christ in the flesh came to have terrible experiences, didn't they?
1: You see, the, the
0: fruit that we're able to produce is not simply, hey, everything is okay and God is in control and just kinda go be at peace. But the fruit that we experience rather is in this world, there's going to be trouble, but we have someone to go through it with us. That's what the promise is. You see, God doesn't promise if you just get it right, everything clicks into place and everything is real smooth and it just all kind of flows together. But the promise that God has come and given is that he will boost us up. He will lift us up, right? That nothing that comes upon you will be over to overwhelm you because I'm going to be there walking beside you. Nothing that comes upon you is going to crush you because I'm there sustaining you. No diagnosis that you get is going to be able to overwhelm you or separate you from me because I will give you the power to live through it. I'll lift you up. I'll carry you at times. When you think that you're about to be overwhelmed, I will sustain you, I will hold you in my arms. I'll even carry you through the difficulty. See, now think back uh, again to perhaps some of those bad, terrible memories that my sermon has churned up for you today. And you're going through that hard time and you're experiencing that, that a tragedy and, and some well-meaning Christian, they, they came by and said, hey, oh, don't worry about it. God's in control. And I'm sure that if you just remain faithful, it'll work out. Now think about what I'm trying to tell you here this morning. That yeah, in this world, there's going to be trouble. And in this world, you, you might feel like you're going to be overwhelmed, but God has promised that he will lift you up. He will sustain you through that diagnosis of cancer, right? He will give you the power to go through that that time of heart disease, right? He will even brace you through times of tragedy and help you make it through the loss of a loved one and terrible circumstances. He will give the power to keep you going. Dear friends, I think that that is the message that we need to be able to bring. First of all, yeah, it's based in reality, isn't it? And second of all, it's based on the word of God. Jesus himself said, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. But fear not, I have overcome the world. You know uh, what else? God has said that uh, maybe it's not the thing that we're going to lead with, but a, a thing that you know comes along in the process of helping a loved one deal with a, a terrible event is the fact that God says that he can use these things for our good. Again, maybe it's not the first thing that you want to say. But as you're helping a loved one deal with some kind of horrific event in their life, there maybe comes a time when you'd be able to say, you know what, this wasn't God's will, Right? that this isn't what God wanted to have happen in your life, but he can still take this part and he can use it for good. what are, are some of the, the worst things that you maybe have to deal with in your life? You know, a rape, a murder, uh, simply someone that, that was unfaithful, someone that, that didn't keep their word. Okay, the the results of, you know, backbiting the results of you know false testimony against someone can have a devastating effect upon that person. In the midst of dealing with something like that, you can maybe find the place where you can go to that person and you can say, you know what? God never intended for, for you to be raped. It's not part of God's plan. God never intended for your loved one to be murdered. Right? God never intended that, you know, people would rise up and, and tell lies about you, but God can still use those things for your good. Even though he didn't intend them, even though he didn't plan them, right? Even though it was never part of what God wanted in your life, right? all that stuff was sin, God can still take the broken things and he can use them to make something new. That's part of of trusting God, isn't it? That even though you woke up on, on Monday morning and you felt like you'd been hit by the train out here because of the terrible events that took place, and you can hardly get yourself out of bed and, and you're depressed all the time and you don't know how you're gonna go on, right? You can go back to that promise that God says he is with you, right? He will sustain you. He will lift you up again. And maybe a few weeks down the road, you can also get to that place where you're able to say, you know what? God never intended this to happen but he can use it now for my good. He he can maybe begin to to use me in a, a ministry that I never would have anticipated before. Now he can use me maybe to reach out to other people who are in similar circumstances. He can use me in ways that I never could have been able to reach those other people if if this had never happened. God can work it. He can weave it together in a different way. He can brace me up so I can now stand and I can say, God is faithful. God walked with me. God held my hand through those terrible circumstances. God braced me up when the doctor told me I had cancer. God was there with me when I went through my heart surgery. God walked beside me when I lost that loved one that was so dear to me. God cares for me. You see, dear friends, that is each of our testimonies, isn't it? For we all have been through that valley of the shadow of death, haven't we? We all have gone through horrific storms in the course of our lifetimes. We all have felt that evil which is Satan, who has come and moved against us. will have been there. But what is our response? Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, young man. Is that it? It's all part of God's plan. Have faith. Is that it? No, our faith is based on something even more, isn't it? That God never intended for bad things to happen, but sin caused those bad things. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he loves us so much, he'll walk with us through the catastrophes of life. And that he can even work behind the scenes to weave something new together out of the brokenness in our lives. God still loves us. And he's going to carry us in his own arms. And God still provides for us. He's going to take the broken things and make something new.
1: And God still loves
0: us so much that not only did he send his son over 2,000 years ago to die for our sins, and not only did he open the way to heaven so that someday when I'm 60 or 70 or 80, I I can make it in. But he loves me so much that today, this very hour, he can help me get through my fears and my doubts my hardships, and my tragedies. And he can even take the broken things in my life this very minute. And he can weave something new together and make it good. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.